All right, so let's talk a little bit about the markets here. Welcome to Bull Bear Radio. Market pricing is nuts. Each week, we catch up with WBI's experts, Matt and Don Schreiber. Down 77%. You know what you need to recover from that? A miracle. WBI brings you wealth building market insights. Hi, I'm Matt Schreiber. This is Bull Bear Radio. I'm here with Don Schreiber. We're going to talk about some wealth building market insights. And uh, hey, Don, I see bubbles, 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 bubbles everywhere. How about bubbles, you? bubbles everywhere. Bubbles. Yeah, Let's you talk know, about the, bubbles. These asset bubbles are starting to My look. My kid loves bubbles. Yeah, really. I mean, you know, I these asset bubbles are starting to look like those gigantic uh, hot air balloons that you see in the desert. I mean, if those things burst, it's bad. Yeah, well, sometimes, you know, those old hot air balloons back in the day, they'd, you know, go up in flames. It was ridiculous. Hindenburg. Yeah, yeah, Lakewood, New Jersey here, so not too far down the road. But, yeah, asset bubbles. So stocks are, are pretty pricey at the moment. Recent uh, In recent weeks, everybody's calling for, you know, stocks to cool down a little bit. It's like everybody's jumping on board here. What do you think? Well, I think you see some confirmed uh, weakness in the growth and momentum trade, which is a potential risk factor. So we have a big shift going on to value. And the deeper the value, the better. The stuff that hasn't done well this year, like telephones, you know, the telephone companies, they haven't done anything this yeah, year. Yeah, but overall, tech's banks, done, done Banks right. haven't done much, right? Tech's been leading the way, Sure, though. hey. But not, not, not like, you know, AT&T, like I, I pick up the telephone in my house, my landline. They're yeah, but the stuff. FANG trade's fading. We got some stocks in the FANG that are under pressure. Apple, Amazon, you know, Google. These companies are not hey, let doing me run well. A, let me run a couple numbers past you here and, and tell me what you think. I, I've got a, a 39, 242. 17, 50. 242? 242. That's, that's not a typo. That's, that's a real number. 39, 242, 17, 50, and 30. So that's, that's five numbers for you. Can you do the math on that, or do you want me to do that for you? Well, what do those numbers mean, Matt? Well, well those are the, the PE for Facebook, Amazon, Apple, NVIDIA, and Google. NVIDIA is the new Netflix this year. So anyway, those are the trailing 12-month PEs for the stocks of FANG. So add those up, 39, 242, 17, 50, and 30, divide by 5, and you get a number 75. 75. Hey, this reminds me of when Lucent Technologies, back in the day, another 19, New Jersey company, 1999, it was selling for 100 times earnings, and you could not convince an investor that 100 times earnings was expensive. Well, you know, we've been on a fairly expensive run on this market. Valuations have peaked. You know, stocks are getting more expensive every single day. And, you know, I think that people are starting to notice. One of the concerns that everybody has is that earnings might not be better than expected this quarter. We're just about in earnings seasons. We've got another week and a half to go. And, you know, we could get uh, earnings that beat. You know, we can have earnings that are flat in terms of expectations. Or we could have an awful lot of misses. 
Swing and a miss. That's never good. For, never for, good. For fundamentals. Yeah. Well, usually not good. It, last couple of years, uh, the markets really haven't cared whether or not you beat or you miss by a bunch. But it seemed like last quarter was, uh, you know, a, a turning point for sure. the stocks paying had, attention to the fundamentals. The stocks had underperformed from an earnings standpoint or just guided numbers lower than the expected earnings that analysts have were taken out to the woodshed and they were put on the chopping block. <laughs> so, you know, uh, back to Fang for one second. I mean, you know, over 20% of the return this year has come from Fang, if you can believe that. It's, it's insane. The top 10 performing stocks in the S&P have accounted for uh, a little over a third of the return. And if you take the top 20 stocks, over 50%. So it's a very crowded trade. When you get a crowded trade, again, this reminds me so much of 1999. We get uh, markets crowded very much into the top cap-weighted stocks. Hey, you know, the faster and the more they go up, the more money pours into them. It's a self-fulfilling proposition. The markets get extremely narrow and unbelievably overvalued. And, you know, one of the things that I keep bringing up that people are forgetting about is there's just a lot less shares out there, a lot less float because companies have done massive amounts of buybacks in excess of $2 trillion over the last, you know, five or seven years. And, you know, we expect that that might continue. It certainly slowed down. So one of the things that was holding the market together, share buybacks, has started to fade. And the only hope for that reasserting itself is Trump's repatriation tax plan. So t let's talk about that repatriation. Because earnings aren't going to get it done. So, so companies have really borrowed what they can borrow at this point. So what you're saying, if they bring the, the money back on shore, that they're going to take some of that and continue to buy stock back. I estimate $2.8 trillion in cash that's sitting offshore that companies can repatriate back to the U.S. I do believe that the tax repa repatriation offer that's going to be made is, look, you bring the, the cash back, we're going to tax it anyway. Whether you bring it back or not, we're taxing it. So, uh, and from now on in the future, we're going to be taxing, you know, profit that is made anywhere. So that's one of the, the uh, key components of this uh, reduction in corporate taxes to try to get everybody on a level playing field. So, you know, today we're, we're sitting in WBI studios here and it's, it's kind of funny. I don't know how many of you out there have seen Don Schreiber on television, around the office, or you know, around the country. But he's not in a suit today. So this, this is a first. This this is this is something else. I mean, he's got a trucker hat on and some shades here in the studio. He's he's looking pretty cool. So you know what's been pretty cool? Housing prices. Housing prices over the last couple of years since 2010, well, that's a little bit more than a couple of years, up 59% since 2010. Sure, and there's property bubbles. We were talking about bubbles. Bubbles, 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 bubbles everywhere. everywhere. So we got property bubbles, not only in the U.S. Think about the London market. My goodness, you're talking about a bubble. a little bit, but still a bubble. <laughs> Very much so. We've got, you know, uh, property markets in Canada have been on a tear. Vancouver. Vancouver's Vancouver, been nuts. You bet. Anywhere where there's international assets flowing, like in Vancouver's market, the markets are unbelievably think overpriced this, and toppy. Do you, and do you think some of this foreign money into some of these domiciles like Vancouver and, and Canada or London continues to slow? And does that impact those economies 
uh, pretty substantially, potentially. Well, you know, China's economy is definitely uh, slowing. We know that. They also have a uh, property bubble in China. So a lot of the big-time money over there, the institutional size investors, whether they're family wealth or, or corporate uh, investors or uh, the government themselves, are looking outside of China because they're, the property bubble in China is extreme. All right, so we got more bubbles. Auto loans. Let's talk about auto loans for a second. Auto loans have increased dramatically over the last couple of years. There's right now $1.2 trillion approximately in U.S. auto debt, according to the Federal Reserve. And uh, give me a little color on that. I think you were taking a look at uh, some of the auto debt overseas. Is this something that could be a systemic risk? Well, I saw a little tidbit uh, that there's about $400 billion in auto debt in Europe, just with a few uh, European car companies. Now, you're talking about systemically important size companies that are holding debt. These are not banks. These are not regulated. And in the United States, $1.2 trillion far exceeds, obviously, three times the amount that those European car companies have. And once again, these auto loans in the U.S. have been starting to turn to the negative in terms of delinquencies. Oh, so you're talking about an awful lot of capital that's at risk, and these are all of these bubbles that are kind of frothy and, and uh, ready to pop. And, and, and I think you're right. You know, Federal Reserve says 90-day-plus delinquencies since 2014, up, up about 25%, if you can believe that. Big-time delinquencies. We saw this in 2007. You know, some of the same kind of uh, delinquencies starting to show up, both in the mortgage market and in auto loans. So far, the, the mortgage market in the U.S. has held together pretty well. But, you know, that's because we've had really stringent lending uh, uh, rules, and they've started to, you know, loosen that up. And once you loosen up those lending rules, you're going to end up with more delinquencies long term. Okay, so so one more uh, uh, area that there's some bubbles here. How about consumers? So consumers have the most debt ever. As a matter of fact, you know, one of the things that investors need to keep in mind is not only do we have, you know, uh, consumption debt like auto loans, people have extended themselves. They borrowed against credit their, cards, borrowed against their house, massive credit card debt, highest ever. They're also starting to tap their 401ks in a, in a big way. Right. So people have noticed that, you know, it's the last uh, area or last place that investors go. Usually when they're tapped out, they go and they borrow from their retirement. And that can't be good for markets in general. I mean, if, if people are tapping out their their 401ks and they're they're liquidating, you know, part of their portfolio, that can't be good for for markets in general. Well, none of this is good. You know, the thing that the Fed did is they uh, essentially disrupted the normal market cycle with a monetary policy that lasted for 10 years, you know, quantitative easing, zero interest rates, and all of the Fed backstopping, especially in terms of posture and, and their uh, talking points, they have essentially insulated the market for the last 10 years 
to create this asset bubble so they got the consumer spending that was following on because people felt better. The problem with that is, is that investors have now been conditioned to believe that no matter what happens, no matter what the risks are, the Fed is magically going to make it disappear. And they haven't really put into their calculus that the Fed is now the biggest risk factor that we have. Talk about a bubble. They've got $4.5 trillion in debt that they need to unwind. It's unsustainable. Bubbles everywhere. Yes. Bubbles, bubbles, bubbles. So, you know, there's just a lot of risk. And when the markets ignore risk, like they did in 1999, like they did in 2006 and 2007 in the property markets in the U.S. with the mortgage bubble, we had, you know, people borrowing money with no income verification, no documentation, no nothing. And they're buying houses with it. And they had no wherewithal to be able to afford the mortgage payments. Whenever you get behavior that doesn't make sense, the markets are at risk. So these bubbles are a big risk to the market is, is what you're saying uh, in, in a nutshell. Is that about right? You bet. When the bubbles burst, what happens? Typically, bad things happen when bubbles burst. All right. So we're going to leave you with that. We're going to take a short break here. Want to enhance your portfolios? WBI has revolutionized the traditional separately managed account to bring you the enhanced SMA. WBI utilizes its own suite of ETFs as the building blocks of the SMA to provide opportunity for greater tax efficiency and other benefits that wouldn't be available in the traditional SMA due to cost considerations and other limitations. Learn more at WBIinvestments.com. And we're back. I just want to remind everybody that if you want to get uh, a little bit more color on what Don and I are thinking, you can follow us on Twitter at WBI President for me or for Don. You can follow him at WBI CEO. So, so Don, I mean, you really crushed my hopes and dreams here. Uh, I had to had to take a, a break there, and I almost didn't come back. I mean, that that was a little depressing about the the bubbles, 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 bubbles. Everywhere. I mean, it, it just was a little bit rough. But can, can you maybe build me back up a little bit and let's let you know, let's talk about something more positive. Like maybe like let's talk about a, a chocolate mocha scones or something like that. You know, JC Beans, California Dreaming out there. You know, great stuff. Uh, that that's I'll turning take, my frown upside down. So you bet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So so what do you think here? We were talking bubbles, bubbles, bubbles everywhere. What what kind so of so one of the risk factors that actually helps more us, risk factors come on one man. of the risk factors I, that actually is a positive oh. is that people are in systemic denial about any problems that could be associated you, with you the heard it you the heard it here first systemic denial okay? that's it systemic denial we're we're to trademark that hey the markets the markets have been trending higher we're up almost 15% Top so far this year out on that one. can you believe that 15% that's what we're closing in on now the market you know is a little toppy to say the least but the thing that could happen is any good news about policy developing on taxes if we get tax relief the market's going higher I don't think the market goes lower. I think the market goes higher. I think that people, you know, and all of the major investment banks have come out over the last month and said that investors should either take profit or hedge their bet or move to the sidelines. The markets are going to fall. I think they're right if, in fact, 
politics in the United States stays as ugly and divisive as it is right now. I happen to think that, you know, when uh, Trump reached across the aisle to get the budget um, deal done, that was a breath of fresh air. We have a glimmer of hope that, you know, he's going to do whatever it takes, work with whoever he needs to, to get his major policy uh, initiatives passed. And so right now we have a test going on with health care. I don't know whether that's going to get through or it doesn't get through. Um, but the most important thing, health care is really, from an economic standpoint, not that important. You know, they've gone away with this uh, idea of permanent, you know, tax reform for a 10-year tax deal, which is great by me. I'll take lower taxes over the next 10 years. The whole idea behind this is to lift the economy beyond the 3% growth level so that we can get people working, higher wages, inflation back into the system, faster growth, higher profits. That's what we're looking at if we can get tax reform. We do have some measure of regulatory reform. And I think that that can accelerate. We need a win here. Once we start working together again, which we haven't done for almost 20 years in Congress, almost 20 years, they sit across the aisle from each other. They've got walls up. They're not going to do anything that the other side wants. And they're willing to throw the U.S. taxpayer to the wolves. Politicians haven't been serving the people They've been serving themselves. Sometimes you have to, you know, look good for the cameras, though, Don. Isn't that isn't that what this is all about? You know, hey, looking, listen, they need to pretty. Hey, forget posing for the cameras. You want to get reelected. You better have concrete action. I am very hopeful that this populist movement really grades politicians on what they do, not what they say. And what we need right now is we need politicians to work together for the good of the American people so that we can get out of this economic quagmire, this quicksand that we've been in for 10 years. So if we do, markets are going to zoom. I think the opportunity is just tremendous. I don't think that an advisor or investors can afford to sit on the sidelines and move everything to cash because you may miss a tremendous opportunity. Now, there may be an interim pullback in the markets that could be quite severe. That's what we've been forecasting all year. If we don't get policy movement, the market is at grave risk for a larger than average decline. If we do get policy developing, I think that we have the big risk to investors is they miss the whole upside. All right. So we got a question here. And, and if you got questions, you can actually, you know, interact with Don and I. All you have to do is send a little email out to bullbearradio at wbiinvestments.com. And we'll, we'll take your questions. And we'll try and answer them on air here. So here's this week's question, Don. Um, this, is, this is Mike from Toledo, if you can believe that. Mike, Mike from Toledo, Ohio. So we've been talking a lot about, you know, the consumer. That, that was on our last uh, episode. What is the number one thing that you think will make, you know, the consumer feel better and spend more? So tax policy is going to help jumpstart the economy, both large companies, small companies, and infrastructure spending. We've got to have a significant infrastructure spend, which essentially broadens the economic base to the middle class and upper middle class, 
They'll make more money than they are now. They will lift consumer spending. Instead of borrowing to spend, they'll be making more money to spend. And that's the, that's what has to happen. Okay, so People have to have upward mobility in terms of income to continue to spend more and more money to so lift let, the economy. Let's hit a piece of the issues head on here, right? So if there are tax cuts, you probably get tax cuts for the middle class and the lower side. And at the same time, there could be, you know, some tax cuts on the upper end. What's your feeling about, you know, tax cuts for, you know, the 1%? Is that a good thing, bad thing for the economy? I know it's a, a political hot button, but, uh, you know, what's your take on that? So you got to have uh, the folks who have the ability to spend, you have to give them more money to spend. And so we do need tax cuts. I don't think that there's going to be any meaningful tax cuts at the upper income levels or rates. I think so what we're going to see, I think what we're going to see is 5% or, you know, I've seen, you know, stuff that's just like, hey, it's a one or 2% tax cut, la di da. I actually think after deductions, you're going to be at best a push. We might be in a higher tax bracket for those folks than what we are in right now. They may have a marginal increase in taxes. That's what's going to get the tax plan passed. It's unfortunate, but that's what it's going to be. Okay. And so the key is, though, what happens to corporate taxes? Corporate taxes is the big driver of what happens next. So I think that's all we have time for today on Bull Bear Radio. And if you're looking to, uh, again, you know, follow us, follow us on LinkedIn, follow us on Twitter at WBI President, WBI CEO, uh, or, you know, send us your questions. Bull Bear Radio at WBIinvestments.com. That's all we have time for today. Thank you, folks, for, for tuning in to another episode of Bull Bear Radio. We'll see you next time. This is Bull Bear Radio, where each week you can count on our real market news and advice. Catch all of our podcast episodes at WBIinvestments.com. Past performance does not guarantee future results. The views presented are those of the podcast participants and should not be construed as investment advice. Podcast participants or clients of WBI may own stock discussed in this recording. All economic and performance information is historical and not indicative of future results. This is not an offer to buy or sell any security. No security or strategy, including those referred to directly or indirectly in this podcast, is suitable for all accounts or profitable all of the time. There's always a possibility of loss. Moreover, you should not assume that any discussion or information provided care serves as a receipt of or as a substitute for personalized investment advice from WBI or from any other investment professional. To the extent that you have any questions regarding the applicability of any specific issue discussed to your individual situation, please consult with WBI or the professional advisor of your choosing. This information is compiled from sources believed to be reliable. Accuracy cannot be guaranteed. Information pertaining to WBI's advisory operations services and fees is set forth in WBI's disclosure statement in Part 2A of Form ADB, a copy of which is available upon request. You are not permitted to publish, transmit, or otherwise reproduce this information in whole or in part in any format to any third party without the express written consent of WBI Investments, Inc.